Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with our host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary is provided by Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. Welcome to another episode of the Influence Factory. We have an amazing show for you today. My uh, good friend and guest that will be coming up here shortly is Don Stanley. And it's the Wednesday before July 4th and episode 68. So, Kate, how are you doing? I am great. How are you? You have all your explosives ready for the 4th? No. (laughs) You know, my dog is scared of everything including loud noises in his own shadow. So I actually dread the 4th of July at our house because we're so close to the lake and he's setting off fireworks and my dog has to wear his thunder shirt for the next three days. I know. My uh, my neighborhood, you know, we live in Indiana and our neighborhood, you know, explosives are legal. And uh, and so it's it's definitely would be bad for your dog. Our, our animals have just gotten used to it, but. Jackson, Jackson, you haven't bought your box of uh, fireworks this year. You know, I um, did so many fireworks at a young age that <laughs> honest, I yeah. just... Um, Sounded like they were a gateway drug for... They are, you know, and they really just open up so many opportunities for bigger and worse things. No, <laughs> I... Um, yeah, now I just use C4. No, I'm just kidding. Uh it's yeah it's just i don't know it's people blow them off around us all the time so if i don't have to buy them and blow them off then i'll just watch them i'm cool with that yeah and glenn from uh uh let's see kitchener waterloo canada said have a happy july 4th we had a great july 1st um glenn what is that the july 1st tell me uh type that in i'm curious now i know they're yeah oh canada that's right duh i saw it all over the internet thank you yeah, happy Canada Day to all of our Canadian friends, just a couple days uh, after the fact. Um, all right. So, Kate, you going to any big parades or anything? Or um, I'm going to go watch some fireworks on the water, um, but because it's close to my house or my apartment. But other than that, not really. I'm going to try to bring Maddox in his thunder shirt and see how he does. Uh, the heavy dose of CBD in his system. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. No, CBD no. can cure all, right, or something <laughs> like that. And then, oh uh, since we were at the Blues Fest, we taught we saw two consecutive fireworks shows. So I think we had wow. quite a bit. And then Bill uh, brought to light that Jackson is in the machine guns now because Bill uh, graciously has had us out to his gun club, and uh, we get to shoot up pumpkins and all kinds of things that we bring out there, and golf balls and tennis balls. Bill, we'll have to do that again. We haven't gone shooting. So I'm glad you this cool. Fun stuff. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that being said, uh, we have a couple of events coming up, uh, which is the I uh, Influencer Marketing Conference and Expo in LA. Jackson and I are jetting out of here on Monday. And then we'll be back down in San Diego on Friday. So anybody out that way that's listening, if you want to connect with us, just um, 
just text or message us and we'll be glad to connect. And then we're going to be seeing a whole bunch of influencers and we're developing or we're delivering our first version of our uh, Instagram influencer uh, development workshop. So we'll also bring that back to Chicago with us. And then I know a lot of people ask us about, you know, how to leverage and monetize Instagram. So we'll be sure to bring that back as well. Um, with that being said, uh, those of you that are live with us get to see that I have a special shirt on today. So it says cheers. And it was from an old TV show. I want to say back, I know for sure in the eighties, maybe the seventies, but, uh, oh, Don, uh, so, um, oh, he already gave it away. So whoever besides Don can name, a. a person on the show besides norm gets a starbucks gift card automatically so whoever can name that on facebook oh bill haas diana yep uh, actually technically it's diane bill i should make you name another one so uh, but bill we, bill we'll give bill a starbucks gift card for that so i just figured i'd throw a little trivia since i was just in boston and uh, was at the cheers bar all right. So with that being said, um, yeah, Kate, what were you going to say? Christy Alley. <laughs> but that's not her character. Well, that's what I know. And then the lady with the curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I know. But hey, I knew something. Are you surprised? Yeah, right. I am surprised because when you and I talked about it and I got you a shirt and I think I got you a... Uh, shot glass. shot glass right yeah something <laughs> alcohol related is my gifts all the time so um so anyway uh but anyway it's just uh it was just funny how you know you just assume that you know and you know what i think throws me off nowadays is that uh jackson and sydney are all retro you know so what that means you know they're playing records now instead of you know cds or itunes but uh and watching tv shows that i'm just shocked that they're watching so it's just sort of fun but I never know who's watching what. Um, all right, Jackson, you want to take us into the news? Yeah, so this week on the Influencer News Update, we have a new report looks at best times to post on the major social platforms in 2019. So that one, uh, you know, I get asked so often, like, they're like, oh, you're in marketing. What's the best time to post on Instagram? It's like, well, there's not really a best time to post on anything. You know, it really depends. There's so many factors that factor into it. It's just, uh, you know, the quality of your content, first off. If it's just not good content, it's not going to get the engagement you want it to. No matter what time. Exactly. So you could post it at the peak time, which we're about to get into in a couple seconds. But uh, it's just... There's so many different things that your audience, when's your audience active? So the majority of people could be active at this time, but your audience might not be active until, you know, later in the day, earlier in the day, depending on what time your audience is active. Wait, wait, so, wait. You're telling me that everybody doesn't log in specifically, what does it say here, at 10 a.m. on Friday to read my content? <laughs> no, no, they don't. Um, short and simple. That's the answer. Um, probably not the one you're looking for, but so, uh, you know, kicking off the, you know, statistics from Sprout Social was Facebook's global engagement levels. And it shows here that between 11 and 1 p.m. on, uh, on Wednesdays is the most engagement you'll see on Facebook. And uh, Thursday and Friday also have relatively high engagement levels on 
uh, on Facebook during those times, but it'll see it on Friday to start to trickle off a little bit earlier. Uh, just because, you know, people are trying to get their stuff done, get out of the office, get home and get to the weekend. Uh, it's just, and then, uh, another good thing to note is that, uh, Sundays see the least amount of engagement. So that's another thing to note what times are the best times to post and what times are the worst times to post. And then you also should probably look at uh, specific data based on your audience. Kate, you want to add to this? I know you guys use a lot of Sprout Social's tools, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like Jackson said, these are guidelines. Um, the, the, the thing to remember is that like anything we do in marketing, these are somewhere to start. So if you're jumping in and you're like, I don't know what to do or where to start, these are some great guidelines. But I think there's a couple things that we really want to keep in mind when we're building the strategy is one, where is your audience? Who are they and what and where are they active? You know, we, we analyze this when we do our intake with clients, what platforms you need to be on, but when are they active? If your audience is moms, you know, when are the kids down on napping? That's when they're going to be on social media. If your audience is business professionals, they're going to be checking it on their lunch break and on the train. So I think when you can really narrow down to who your target audience is, this, these are great jumping off points, but when you can narrow down to where, who your target audience is, that's really going to help you adjust and test because you said Sundays are down, but I know for a fact, we have two of our clients that see significant higher engagement on Sundays. So we've changed their whole strategy to not include a Saturday post because that was the worst engagement. And we've been seeing great numbers since. Yeah. One of the things I want to add to that, and I think it also goes with the hashtag strategy is these are, these are numbers in mass. Okay. So if we think about this uh, and to Kate's point, this is like what, when everyone's on and that's when the whole platform sees engagement. So I don't want you to get thrown off by this, but um, just like with hashtags, if I do hashtag love, I'm going to get 2.8 million people and I'm probably not going to get any engagement because it's so massive for me to punch through the noise. It's not going to happen. But if I do, you know, um, love my pet cat or whatever, it's more specific. Or if I love uh, Chicago summer, you know, or whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm narrowing it down to more specific times. So I really believe in that Sunday thing because I know a lot of people are winding down, they're prepping for work, all of a sudden they'll open this up and or while they're watching a game or something like that, or they really don't want to be at that party that they were invited to. <laughs> they will literally be like scrolling. It cracks me up when people like I've been doing a lot of graduation parties and I'm looking around and people are scrolling through their Instagram and other social media because they really don't want to be there. So. Right. The best is when I see them on dates doing it. But yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, and I'm totally glad that you brought that up. Actually, this this article is a little serendipitous because one of our cast influence factory guests named Brian Wallace, yes. he is the infographic expert. He actually did a LinkedIn live this morning that I tuned into, and it was about something completely different. It was about traveling for business and his tips and tricks and ended up side noting into a whole different conversation because someone asked him when's the best time to post on social and his quote that I loved was if you have to ask this your content sucks but you know it's 
but it's kind of true. If you are worried about when the exact right time is to post, for one, you probably haven't been posting enough to really have results to look at your analytics. And for two, you're probably not really posting that great of content in the first place. Amen, sister. Yeah. Well, moving on to Instagram, uh, we have one minute left. Sorry. Okay. Moving on to Instagram, you have Wednesday is also the winner on Instagram. Instagram with Fridays as well between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. So that one is going to be the most popular time for people to be scrolling through their feed and liking, commenting, engaging on that. Uh, moving hashtag, on. Hashtag hump day, hashtag TGIF, just throwing it over. Yeah, okay. So Twitter uh, global engagement statistics prove that uh, Wednesday and Friday are still producing results except uh, – even though they aren't at that 11 a.m. slot anymore, they're now at the 9 a.m. slot. So this is like people getting into work, checking their Twitter, you know, uh, catching up on their social activity for the week. And, uh, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the best days to post tweets overall, while Saturday sees the least engagement. Tweets also uh, less engagement on tweets after 10 p.m. across the board. So that's another thing to... Uh, look at, make sure, you know, the time of day, you know, not just like, oh, Wednesday's good. Um, it's got to be the specific time frame in there. And then, yeah, so, so, so hold on, I'm going to mess you up and then we got to cut. But the, uh, but what time zone is this referencing? Um, I am not sure on the time zone. This is <laughs> I'm just messing with you because they okay. never report on time zone. Okay, cool. So one last thing is LinkedIn's engagement has seen a significant increase overall uh, as of the past, you know, year and a half, those have been, uh, skyrocketing. You're going to see it a little bit more all over the place. It's going to be, uh, from 10 AM to drop off at 11 and then pick back up at noon to three. You're going to see a lot more engagement in those, uh, timeframes. That's interesting. Those are those long lunches, Kate, like what you said. So. Exactly. And to go back to Twitter, and if you are also a Wednesday engager on Twitter, make sure you're following the hashtag Influence Factory and engaging with this every Wednesday and letting us know what you want to see on the news. Absolutely. And Glenn just asked, yes, we'll have a chart because we're going to post this on social media. And as Jackson always says, it'll be in the show notes. Yes. So that is all for the Influencer News Update this week. We thank you for tuning in. We uh, let you uh, Please let us know what you'd like to see uh, in the future on Twitter. Like Kate said, tweet to us with the hashtag InfluenceFactory or at Jackson Delisle, at Kate Hassett, at Dean Delisle, or at GetSocialJack. Uh, please let us know what you'd like to see. We're open to suggestions, and we want to cater directly to you guys. So we'll see you next week on the Influencer News Update. And we're out. All right. This week's guest uh, on the Influencer Factory is uh, Don Stanley. He helps businesses and individuals use digital marketing and personal branding to grow their profitability and impact. Uh, Don is the president and CEO of Three Rhino Media, a digital marketing company dedicated to help busy clients achieve real results. Uh, with their online marketing. And welcome back, Don. How the hell Awesome to be back. Thank you very, very, very much. Although I do feel a little cheated. I jumped in with the Norm answer early. And I think it's because I'm a Packers fan. I didn't get the uh, Starbucks gift card. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> well, we'll get you one anyway. But you have Starbucks way up there, do you? Uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have craft beer and uh, a lot of cheese. Girls. A lot of cheese that's, and that's, rots that, and craft beer. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing. I was just up there last week. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I was sorry I missed you last week. It was like, you know, a couple of times a year I get up there and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Don, he's trying. Yeah, yeah. I, I was doing a, doing a workshop uh, uh, in, uh, in uh, Ames, Iowa. So it just so happened that fell on the wrong days. But we'll, we'll make it work in the future again. It's always fun to get together in real life, too. But it's super stoked to be here today. Yeah, and I've, I've known you. Man, I was trying to calculate. It's got to be like seven, eight years, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. And it's funny because you and I would uh, talk about baseball because you and yeah. I both are fanatical about baseball and we kid around about now that, you know, why did I have Don on when the Cubs just dropped out of first place? <laughs> uh, but not just Milwaukee, you have a little bit of fascination with a couple other teams. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I'm kind of an, uh, an anomaly. I grew up uh, and really admired players. So I grew up in Milwaukee and loved the Brewers, of course, because I grew up there. And Paul Molitor was the my favorite offensive player. So he's a, um, for those of you who don't know, was a, I ended up becoming a Hall of Famer. And I modeled my batting after him. And then I'm not the biggest guy, so I followed Ozzie Smith, who was the shortstop of the St. Louis Cardinals and became a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Uh, because of that. And then I was lucky enough to get the uh, uh, opportunity to get a college baseball scholarship and the Chicago Cubs said, Hey, you can have a tryout. So I'm weird because I like all three teams. (laughs) Most people are like, no, you got to hate all of them. And it's like, no, I actually have a soft spot for all of them. So, (laughs) so how was it trying out for the Cubs? It was surreal. It was surreal. It was one of those deals for me where, um, you know, you dream about this your whole life and uh, to, to get an opportunity to actually have the real team equipment to, for, for the tryout and, uh, you know, have the scouts there to have the opportunity to perform. And it, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a really cool experience to just have that and get a sense of what it would be like. And also to get a sense of how ridiculously talented anybody who gets close to the major leagues is at that sport. It's, it's, it's really, you get a really good sense of how good though. I mean, the the level of quality of the athlete at that level is just unbelievable. And I obviously was not at that level. You know, um, what else is uh, interesting is that I say that, you know, I grew up as a, as a street guy and um, I said, I, I always said I was raised by wolves, but you actually worked with wild wolves. But. I did. Yeah. That was one of the other things I did. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of different things. And uh, yeah, that was one of my f- coolest experiences is growing up in the heart of Milwaukee. I did not spend much time in Northern Wisconsin. And for those of you who don't aren't familiar with Northern Wisconsin, tons of lakes, tons of deep, thick forest, um, beautiful, beautiful area. And, uh, got an opportunity um, when I was in college to try to figure out, uh, trying to trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I got the opportunity to learn about how do you communicate science and how do you communicate science about uh, wolves and wolf recovery. And I just happened to get a chance to work with the head wolf biologist of the state. And I was working as a dog trainer at the time as well. So I knew a lot wow. about canid behavior and just, yeah, it's absolutely loved it. Loved it. So I worked as a track for the state for a number of years and would go out and do winter tracking surveys of wolves and I've only seen one in the wild and all and all the time I've I've been out because they're pretty secretive creatures but yeah that's that's something I'd love to this day if I can get out and go track around uh if I get an opportunity I still like to do that so in the movie Hangover, you understood what they meant by wolf pack then right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um 
in uh, also, uh, I always found it fascinating because I always see you with uh, pictures on uh, Facebook about uh, being an honorary commander in the 115th Fighter Wing in Madison. What is, tell folks what that's about. Yeah, so the 115th Fighter Wing is one of six active ready Air Force bases in the United States, which means we've got uh, uh, F-16s ready to scramble that are fully armed at any moment in time. And I've been involved with veterans groups pretty much my whole life. I did a short stint at the Air Force Academy, but come from a family of military service, not career military, but military service. And kind of got recognized for some of the work I was doing in the community and, and was asked to be an honorary commander. So part of my role is to work with the members of the 115th Fighter Wing in different capacities. Uh, and the capacities are all over the place. I, I was a, played a, a small role in helping them open their CrossFit affiliate, their military CrossFit affiliate last year, um, and then a, a few other things. So it's, um, it's a really, really neat experience. Um, I'm military aviation dork and i every time i go to base and watch the f-16s take off it's like and they literally fly over my house every day going up on training missions and my kids are still like dad it's the same planes every day and every day it's like you know, a two-year-old kid super excited so it's a really really cool unique opportunity um a lot of uh uh really great people that I get to work with at the base and get exposed to a lot of what their mission is and, and try to help the community of Madison understand the role that the base plays in Madison on a, on a variety of levels. So kind of a cool honor to be able to give back in that way. Yeah, that's super cool. And uh, cool that you're part of that. So let's see, you start with, uh, you know, early in your career, and you have this baseball sort of part of you, uh, you wind up um, as an honorary commander. So can you fill in some blanks about how all of a sudden, you're a marketing person? You know, how does that how did you evolve into that? So when I left, when I left the Air Force Academy, my only goal uh, from the time I was a young, young, young kid was to fly fighter jets. And um, obviously, when you leave the military, there aren't many civilian jobs to fly fighter jets. So I transferred to the UW-Madison and had no clue what I wanted to do. And I, one day I listened to a Tony Robbins uh, interview, and he talked about this idea of most people don't want specific jobs they want what they think they're going to get from that specific job. And uh -huh. so I started thinking about, well, what did I want to get out of being a pilot, a fighter pilot? Well, you know, and I listed everything out, including the ego stuff. You know, I watched Top Gun and maybe there's a Kelly McGillis out there, you know, you get to fly fighter jets uh, and go really <laughs> Significance. fast. Significance. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there, it was also a changing work environment that was always having to adapt and you had to use your mind as well as your body working in a team where a team is committed to doing something for the greater good and also to team results over individual good and looking at this idea of service and servant leadership. And so I started thinking about, you know, what else? And, and part of it was I, I was taught that great military leaders could create really great change and not just with their units, but also on bigger scales. And so I started thinking about, well, what industries do people create change in? Uh, and then I changed it to the question of, well, who are the greatest change agents of all time? What do they all have in common? So I started listing out and I, John Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and I started going back further, got all the way back to Jesus and the Buddha and Muhammad. And I said, all of them, every one of them, 
what they had in common was they were great communicators. That's what they had as a central theme. So I joke with my, with some of my students who come from a Christian background. I'm like, Jesus was like the Mark Zuckerberg of his time. He trained 12 people how to build a network and grew that network. And some of the stuff that we'll get into when you talk about the personal branding, he knew how to use language and metaphor that allowed those, those 12 dudes to go out and create this movement. And uh, Martin Luther King, same thing. One of my favorite examples from him is how on August 28th, 1963, did he get 250,000 people to show up when you literally could be killed traveling in the South to get to Washington, DC? There's no email, there's no texting. How the heck did he do that? And then how did he make that speech so memorable? So I started breaking those things down and I'm like, you know, these people all, they're great communicators. And so I should really start looking at if I want to play a role, um, you know, obviously there isn't a physical dimension to being a communicator. Although now I do, I work out at the CrossFit gym at the Air Force Base. Um, But a lot of, you know, mindset, a lot of leadership, a lot of thinking about how do you really help people and lead people and help them maximize either their personal brand and their personal values or their business brand or their business values. How do they do things in an ethical way, but for the greater good in a big way and economic, you know, so all of those things started to come into alignment for me. And, and the funny thing was that I was afraid of communicating. I was afraid of public speaking. I was afraid of writing. And I said, well, I got to train myself. And so I started uh, studying people who are great communicators, went back and got my graduate degree and now teach personal branding at the UW-Madison along with some social media courses at UW-Madison in addition to the work that I do. So it's weird how it all came back yeah, together. And that, that is wild. I, I, ironically, that gets me back at the fighter at the fighter wing. So now I get to hang around with fighter pilots and fighter jets all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like uh, not letting that inner child let go, you know, exactly. like, which is awesome. I think all of us need to, to adhere to that. If you ever want to, I have the social network map of Jesus, which a lot of people don't know. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, I'll send that. I am literally like a network mapping freak, which is the core of a lot of the work that we do. But uh, in terms uh, of mapping networks, I just, you know, that I'm a fanatic at that. So I'll collect network maps of all kinds of random people out there. But it's Well, that's uh, the cool thing is when you think about personal brand, and some people don't like to think about it necessarily that way, but that's really the, the not just the charisma and the ability to motivate people, but the ability to keep the message moving and pull people into community, which I think is a huge theme for 2019, 2020, 2021, moving forward in in the marketing world is people, we have this massive loneliness epidemic. And this was one of the big conversations that took place at social media marketing this world this year. And people are looking to belong. So one of the great examples of a simple way of belonging and also a simple way of sending out a social signal of a personal brand is the shirt you have on today. You know, right away. What was Cheers? It wasn't a bar. It was a community of people. Where everyone knows your name. Exactly. And we can do that with building a personal brand. We can do that with our business in an ethical way, which that's where it starts to get me excited. And, you know, I'd love to see some of those network maps that you've created because taking the time to sit down and do that, you really start to see how these little consistent actions over time really can create big, big, massive change, whether it's, you know, on a scale of some of the people we talked about or on a lesser known scale. Um, And that's, that's where it, came came to me that really, you know, the idea of being a marketer and a communicator that if you, 
approach it right can be a super ethical service-based way to live, which is not yeah. the way I thought of it previously. But when I framed it that way, I'm like, this is, this is what I need to be doing. This is what I was meant to do. Yeah, it's interesting too. You mentioned Tony Robbins. I I've done a lot of work with him early on and did some work for him as a coach for a while. And so he he always talked about this the core human needs, you know, that we have that we're born with that we can't control. I mean, some people have desires and needs at different levels, but I meant I shouted out significance yes, one yes. of them. But then also to really connect, you know, that that it's a core human need, which is why I think social networks took off so much as people found a way that they didn't have to be face-to-face and uncomfortable connecting, but 100%. they social in their expressive self, whatever that looked like. And sometimes, you know, to a fault uh, of on social media, but it's interesting how, th- you know, this uh, mechanism, if you will, has, has sort of drawn that out or connected us so much. Absolutely. And I, that was one of the reasons, ironically, I started studying it. I started my social media marketing class. It was the first one at the UW-Madison in 2008. So Facebook's only four years old. YouTube's two years old. LinkedIn was a little bit older. Um, but the ability, like you said, for people, and it, it turned out there's good and bad with it like anything else, but the ability for people to have some sense of expression and to connect in ways that hadn't been available before, both good and bad. But in this case, I was looking primarily at the, you know, what are the upsides to it? Uh, it was just really, really profound. I mean, think of what we're doing now and the connections we're making with with people, being able to talk about Canada Day with people that I haven't met before and, you know, talk about the Packers. And I see that Rogers is a, uh, Roger is a um, uh, Pat Patriots fan. All these little social signals that I'm getting that that's the way you start to build connection with people is those little social signals. So it's, it's one of those things where I, you know, got me studying and looking into social media itself is what role can it play and how does it work? And all of the things that, you know, you guys do so well with the show is helping to, and with your businesses to decipher it and help people understand how does it work? And I also like to look at, well, why does it work? What are the ways that we can genuinely help people feel connected Um, And is there a way to do that to where what we do is we create long-term clients who become our marketing team and really help become our word of mouth? Um, That's the part that I think is a really, on this really exciting precipice with personal branding, the sense of belonging and significance um, that, you know, is kind of unprecedented uh, as we learn as a, as a society, what role does social play in our, in our day-to-day lives? Because hasn't been around that long. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, di- I'm dying to ask you this. So it's like when social first came out, cause you went there just a minute ago with that. What was the first thing you thought about like doing with it? <laughs> um, the first thing I thought was, was when Facebook came out and my students were all like, you, you know, you can do Facebook now as a, as a faculty member. So you got to get on Facebook. And my first thought was, you know, that's like me going to the bars to hang out with you guys. I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> I mean, and I, and I started, I was in my early thirties. Um, so it wasn't like I was super, super old, but compared to the college students, I was right. Um, and then as I started to kind of look at it, I started looking at the ability to listen. And you guys mentioned this in the, in what you were talking about earlier about the best times to post. The answer is it depends. You really need to listen and watch your community and see when they're engaging and what they're engaging about. 
And the whole idea of the value of a focus group, but now a focus group on steroids where there's problems if you do focus groups in person, there's all kinds of biases that can come into play. But on social media, the filters that that happen, like let's say, for instance, I might be afraid to speak my real opinion in a group. So if I'm in a room with 12 other people and a researcher, I might be afraid to be honest if I'm surrounded by 11 Bears fans to say, you know, I love the Packers as an example. Right. Or, you know, but if I'm online, I don't have that fear. So I'm more likely to be honest, either to a fault or not. Um, and that's where I started saying, man, social, you can really understand human psychology and behavior and sociology by just sitting and listening. And that comes from the military stuff, because military 101 is you understand the communication chain of command. And if you can be a part of that, you know, we were talking some about that, about spying and, you know, that kind of stuff earlier. Um, that really gives you an advantage to understanding yeah. how to connect with people. And again, you can use it ethically or unethically, but if you use it ethically, you can really help people relate. And the example that I give, uh, most people are familiar with Jesus as a historical figure at the very least. And one of the famous lines was when he found the 12, and I always, you know, you kind of joking, like he found these 12 dudes to, to, to be his networking team, his Facebook team. What were, what was the career of those guys? Well, they, they were fishers. They, 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 they were fishermen. And so he didn't say, I'm going to recruit you guys to help me build a church. He didn't say, I'm going to help you to you have, recruit you to help me to build a movement. He said, I am going to make you fishers of men because that analogy made sense to them. And if he would have said a shepherd of men, they would have been like, wouldn't have meant the same thing because yeah, they right. didn't. And that's where that social, yeah, that social listening of understanding metaphors, of understanding language, of understanding nuances of, of how people speak and understand and learn. It's different all over the world. And social gives us that capacity to uh, understand how to best message and how to best time our messages for our audiences and our clients' audiences in a way that no other technology ever has. Cool. That's super cool. So let's let's switch now over to personal branding. So you, you know, you're in the business like we are, and I'm always uh, anxious to learn from you and and you know, sort of what you're seeing, what's working out there. So uh, tell us, tell us sort of your approach. So, you know, if you're helping somebody to build their personal brand, where do you start? So really, really the, the beginning is what do you want? What's, what's the end, you know, start with the end in mind, you know, begin with the end in mind, the, you know, the Stephen Covey, you know, what do you want out of this? Um, are you looking to build awareness and start to build connections to build long-term client base? Are you looking to move into a new area where your company or service or individually you might not be known? So like for my students, a lot of them, they're looking to get into graduate schools or get hired by particular employers. And they're trying to figure out how do I stand out compared to every other college student out there? Uh, for my clients that are speakers, you know, how do you get noticed by the right people in industry who are event coordinators, those types of things. So really starting out with kind of that baseline of, of what is it that you want to get out of it? I mean, it's kind of fun to create a personal brand just to create a personal brand uh, for me, but most people, you know, might not geek out as much as you and I do with it. Right, so exactly. thinking about, you know, what I want to do is differentiate. And so what I often get to with my clients is that a lot of our products and services, as much as I hate to admit it, are commoditized. Yeah. They can be easily replicated. What cannot be replicated is the people. 
So again, go back to the cheers analogy. There's a gazillion bars in Boston, but there isn't Diane and Norm and, you know, everybody else there. Yeah. Coach, (laughs) you know, all those people are there and that's why you go. So building a personal brand is, and this is where my clients who really don't know what they want to do is it's a great way to get known and to give people enough information about you that they can figure out by watching your content or reading your content, are you a good fit for them? Right. And that's what I think of it as, is it's my pre-screening team. Some people are going to watch and hear my stuff and say, oh, he's a sports fan. I hate sports. Right. And they're not going to want to talk to me. Well, that's, that's fine because I like to be a little more laid back and talk about things like that. So they can find somebody who fits them better. And one of my buddies, Ian Altman, talks about this in a great book called Same Side Selling that he co-wrote with Jack Quarles is, you know, the, the, the goal is to find people who are the right fit for you. And that's where the personal brand content can do that. It sends out all that social signals and lets people get to know you so that when they are ready to do business, they feel connected with you. So a lot of it then is, you know, who are you and how do you want to, What do you want to communicate about yourself um, is, is part of that as well. You know, what are, what are some things that are important to you? I've gained more traction from posting pictures of me doing runs and workouts with my dogs than anything else, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and what happens is people are like, it's, it's, it's something simple to talk about and it right. starts to build those connections. And that's how every good long-term quality relationship is built off of little simple social signal connections. And that starts to tell people, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I stand for. And if people like dogs and exercise, they might comment back. If they don't, they might not pay attention to it, but it gives them a sense, a little sense of who I am because long-term, you know, I want to work with clients or I want to have my clients get long-term clients or my students get jobs that they love. When you give a little bit of who yourself, there's this thing called chemistry in workplaces uh, that if there's good chemistry, you tend to retain employees, you tend to retain clients. And part of what makes good chemistry is the quality of people and how they interact with each other and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's super interesting. And Roger says you're describing a headline on LinkedIn. And I wanted to I wanted to sort of bring this up because I, I think a lot of people miss the point that um, their story, you know, the headline is sort of that elevator pitch, the grab, the the attention getter. Yep. Two things that we see, and I'd love you to to speak to this, is one is their headlines are not consistent across all their public you know, where you can find them on the internet. And then second is a lot of times the story doesn't match the headline. Mm -hmm. So can you speak to some of that? Yeah. And that's one of the challenges. And I, you know, what's funny is that I struggle with that myself, but it's easy to coach other people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, And the reason is, and I tell this to all my clients is we know so much about ourselves and it's like when we're talking about our own business, it's hard to give a short descriptive uh, description, I should say, of our business or of ourselves, but you need to do that. You need to take back and peel the layers and think, what are the most important elements that I want somebody to know? And that's where great communication comes in because you figure out what layers you do peel off and what things are critical for your audience to know. You might think certain things are critical, but they're not for your audience. Um, so, so really, um, when you, you know, when you, when you talk about that, I think that's the, that's the 
the bailiwick is, is, or the cr- crucial skill set is knowing how to write a good headline and knowing how to write a good bio that's consistent. And you can grow and change that. I actually just had a conversation with a client about this where he's like, yeah, but I want to do X, Y, and Z too. And I said, have you ever heard of this little known company? Uh, you may have heard of it because they sell a few products called Amazon. And he's like, well, yeah, of course. I said, well, Jeff Bezos, what, what did they sell when they started? Do you, do you recall what they, what their first product was that they sold? Books. Books. Yeah. And then once they got that methodology down and got known for that, they were able to scale the, the next thing and then the next thing. And now they have their own streaming and they have all which, these other which things. They need to fix their book platform because they have, I lost the rest of my hair publishing the book through uh, the support of Amazon. And I'll have to talk to you because I have to publish mine. And I've got a little bit left. <laughs> well, call me first. But, but the idea being that you can scale and grow and, you know, so you're, your bio or that headline isn't necessarily defining you completely, but it's giving somebody a sense, enough sense of what you really want them to know and that they need to know to say, I want to explore this person a little bit more, get to know them a little bit more. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because as I've been uh, developing more and more of um, uh, knowledge, background and skills and in Instagram and really fascinated with monitoring the catch and the virality of it and things like that. It's 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 been hard because you know I've got a I've got an Instagram account that's just me and then I I get panicky because they're like oh now you need one for your book and you need one for this niche and that niche and I'm like oh please you know just like we talk about like you know your primary and secondary account it's enough to have me let alone our two brands on Facebook Instagram. Snapchat, mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, you know, and and maintain all that, and then think about a another one. Yes. Um, so, and what's funny is people go, "Oh my gosh, you're a host of a podcast." And I'm like, "Oh yeah," and they go, "Well, it's not your profile." And then when I go to put that in, I have to take one more thing <laughs> out, and I'm like, "What do I remove? It's my story." It's you know, hard. It's so, so. that's and that's why I think what you do. And what I do, because I I hire people to help me with that stuff too, is, is having an outside perspective because it is hard when it is yourself. It is really, really challenging. So Isn't you it know, funny when they play it back to you and you're like, I'm that? <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> our clients say the same thing or we'll like, we'll find a nugget in their story and like, I don't want anyone to know that. Like, that's, that's, that's the coolest thing. That's what makes you individual. Absolutely. And that's really what, if you look at the shift of some of the things on this concept of belonging, Mark Schaefer's book, Marketing Rebellion talks oh, a lot about that. this. I've read it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, my, Mark is, you know, wicked smart guy with when it comes to human behavior and social. Um, But the whole idea is that we're searching for connection. And this is why I ended up getting into personal branding is because one of the ideas of being in the military is that you protect and serve. And at first people are like, how does marketing do that? Well, if you look at statistics today, and I'll get a little bit heavy for just a second, um, the rates of anxiety depression, uh, attempted suicide and successful suicides, especially amongst young people are at all time highs. The number two cause of death of males age 10 to 39 is suicide, right? Which is just, you know, and you step back and you say, okay, what's causing that? Well, a big 
part of what's causing that is people aren't feeling fulfilled and important. And in our culture, our work plays a huge role in whether or not we feel fulfilled and important. Um, you know, one of the stats that's a real famous stat is uh, the highest incidence of male suicide is on Sunday night and the highest incidence of heart attack is Monday morning, which coincides as not causation, but there's, there's correlation. But the idea is when you find out who you are and you're able to create a great personal brand, you feel really comfortable in your self-awareness as Gary Vaynerchuk likes to talk a lot about. You real, really feel comfortable with who you are. You are able to do, your work becomes a joy. And it isn't every day. You know, there's certain ups and downs, but you know why you're doing what you're doing. And when somebody has a sense of purpose and it takes work to get there, that's why a lot of people don't like necessarily doing it. Um, it takes work to get there. But when you nail that and you're able to start communicating that to people, that pulls people in too. Because they're like, I, Gary Vaynerchuk's a great example. I mean, and he talks about the beginning of Wine Library TV back in 2006. Right. He had a vision that went way beyond what anybody else was thinking. Um, and he said, you know, I want to create this group of people who want to quit talking about wine in this snooty way and want real, like, guy on the ground information, make this accessible to everyone. And if you watch his first stuff, his first hundred videos or so, they were terrible. The content was good. But once he got comfortable in who he was and his self-awareness grew, the video started getting better. He started getting more relaxed. He started talking about the Jets and suddenly you see this infusion of subscribers, this infusion of money because people are like, he knows what he stands for and I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Same thing applies to like a Ben and Jerry's or a Tom's Shoes or you know whatever it is. You think about companies that, um, and I'm not talking about necessarily political because it's so divisive, but just for certain certain elements that that you say, you know, we're all about X, Y, and Z, um, and this is who we are. And you know, and in some cases, what I've seen circling back to dogs is I've seen a lot of businesses that show, hey, Friday is dog day at our office. They see spikes in applications for um, for potential employees, and they see spikes in clients that would be good fits for them because they're like, oh, this is. These must be really real people on the who are working here, not just a stuffy agency. Um, so, so really, I think you know, kind of a long answer, but the idea being that as you get self-aware and you're able to communicate that more effectively, and you become more comfortable into who you are, you attract the right people to you, and you repel um, uh, Drucker. I'm spacing his first name. He does the youpreneur. Uh, Chris Drucker, he yeah. talks about that. You'd be like a magnet, attract the pet best, repel the rest. Um, and that's where a personal brand can really help us out with our marketing and our client acquisition in ways that other other strategies simply aren't nearly as good. Yeah. And I like what Roger says here. You know, he says you, you need to be comfortable outside of work. But I think, and I discovered this, I, I went through a lot of, uh, you know, every emotion you could imagine right in my book to the point where it was painful in some of the instances because I felt, you know, my upbringing and things that I, I was almost wanting to avoid. But the minute I got honest with myself and it, as I became more comfortable with myself of who I was. Yeah. So, so he said, you know, be comfortable outside of work, but I think it goes one step further and says, be comfortable with you. 100%. And that includes all of you. So Brene Brown is one of my favorite examples. And I just put her in the comments. 
if you get a chance to watch her first TED talk and her second TED talk, and you really oh, listen, yes. it's going to change your life. And what I learned was when I started telling my stories in classes about certain things, people's opinion of me changed in a good way. So I grew up, I went to what are what were considered inner city schools in Milwaukee. My freshman class of high school, at, now they, what they typically see is they see a white guy who's teaching in college. So they assume I came from a background where everybody went to college and, you know, that's just part. No, I grew up, went to inner city schools. My high school class started out with almost 900 students. We graduated less than 300. Out of those 300, maybe 15 went to college. College just wasn't something that happened. Nobody did yeah. that. Nobody that's, went, you know. That's why we and get so, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the thing is when people, but I, but I, only, like, had, like, I only had 180 because the rest of them didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, and, that, and that gives a sense of my students are like, oh, wait. He's a first generation college student. He's a first generation to go away to college. Oh, and and it changes, you know, and, and before I didn't think that was important, but to them it is. And again, some of the stuff people bond over stuff like, oh, that Dean, you had a similar background. Now we have a deeper connection because we understand one another. And I think that's where learning to, to incorporate part of your story in your brand really talking about why certain things are important to you. You know, for me, I do a lot of work with veterans groups. And when I tell the story of why it really has connected me with a lot of veterans organizations and a lot of military organizations, um, even though I only did a short service at the air force Academy. Um, so, so whatever it is, and a lot of times it's lighthearted stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause when I see that somebody is a bears fan, I will message them and I'll say, it's really, you know, I feel bad for you. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, you've never really been able to watch a pro football team. And, you know, obviously it's a joke and we, but, but, it, but it allows us to banter. Yeah, exactly. Roger, bless them. It allows us to banter back and forth and start on a human level, which is what people are craving. They're craving human connection. They're, well, like when, when we were talking before the show and I'm like, you know, my, the cat that actually likes me, we, uh, we, uh, named him, uh, Mac after Khalil Mac and you go, Oh, don't rub that in. And I didn't even think about that. You're like, why didn't the Packers get him? You know, the Packers could have had him. I'm still, going exactly. to drive me nuts forever. <laughs> Imagine if you were the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and one of my other Bears Packers favorite stories is that the, the Bears found out the Packers were going to draft Brian Erlocker. So they traded up to get in front of the Packers and selected Erlocker. Um, you know, and Packers have done that back and forth. It's gone both ways. Oh but, uh, you know, but those little those little things, what they do is they create a human connection. The example that I give when you're thinking of writing your bio or thinking of what you're wearing in your presentations is this one. So. Uh, Roger says he's from uh, Boston, right? I think that's, you've, you've described yourself as a Patriots fan and uh, being around cheers and all that. Now, if you're in, in the Boston area and you see somebody wearing a Patriots shirt, what do you do? You probably just walk past them. But if you're in Los Angeles and you see that same person wearing a, a Patriots shirt, what do you do? What's up, man? Go Pats or whatever it is. Yeah. You well, know, it's funny, and so it's that's funny because I was in Boston during the uh, Stanley Cup game. I was there that uh, day. And so everybody at Cheers 
had either St. Louis Blues stuff on and or there was a couple of Pats fans, but there was a lot of out-of-towners because it's a tourist yeah. place, right? Yeah. And it's funny how it was like, oh, St. Louis, and everybody's like having conversations about St. Louis, and but you're right on with that. And that's why, you know, I, the example I give is, you know, I've seen people, because I went to the University of Wisconsin, graduated from there, and now teach there, where I'll see people like in, I ran into somebody in Hawaii and we ended up in this long conversation. If they'd been wearing any other shirt, I'd have never talked to them. And so those social signals, if you think about it in your bio too, like some of the key hashtags you like to follow or something doesn't necessarily have to be lighthearted, but it can be, it sends that signal like a t-shirt or a laptop sticker does, uh, as Mark Schaefer talks about, or a water bottle sticker that says, this is a little bit of who I am. Yeah. And Tony Robbins talks a lot about this, that those, it's those little itty bitty connections that pull people in, attract them together and get in deeper conversations. And that, that's why I think with the personal brand, becoming comfortable in who you are and being willing to talk about, like I tell my students all the time, when I left the Air Force Academy, I was depressed. I really, really struggled for four years trying to figure out I'd given up on my dream of flying aircraft. It was all I ever wanted to do. And school sucked for four years. And they're like, really? You didn't know exactly what you wanted to do? You know, I'm in the same boat. And so they open up because they know that they can feel comfortable talking about stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, while we only have a couple minutes left and I always like, I had like three other things I wanted to talk to you. So I'm just going to call you because we have to just. <laughs> I got to come down I, to Chicago and hang out. I with know, you I know. I know. Yeah. If you want Cubs and I love, I love the stadium up there. So I'll come up there too. If no matter what happens at the end of the year, but uh, so CrossFit, what's your favorite thing in within CrossFit? Within I gotta, CrossFit? I got to ask you, I'm in a gym that is literally just bought like 35 new toys. I call them, you know? So I'm just sort of curious. What do you, what do you play with? Um, so my favorite exercise to do, is a bodyweight exercise and it's burpees. So, ah, <laughs> as sick as that sounds. <laughs> mountain climbers, how sick is that? Oh, that's worse. That's so, and I, and I love those, um, what do you call it? I don't even know what they call them, but those, those, those uh, push-up handles, you know? Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. So I get those and I get the sliders and now I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm oh, that's awesome. Pop, you know, so I'm like, oh my gosh. But and then last year I learned to do a handstand and now I do handstand push-ups. So that's, that's with no, my, with no wall. Uh, no, with a wall. With okay. a wall. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna yeah. say, I, I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm working up towards that, but I can't. I, Woo! Yeah. I was gonna say, I haven't done that since high school. <laughs> oh man, you know, no. it's like, uh, yeah, they just put one of those. Um, I'd never used one before, but it's it's uh, it's a sled on wheels where where it has. Oh yeah, and you can push and pull. I'm like. Oh my gosh. And it almost gets to the point of overwhelm because there's now a whole wall full of yeah. kinds of crazy stuff. And I'll just jump up and I'll go, I'm going to do that. And I won't even plan it out. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go that. Just you know? go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what makes it fun. And that's what I enjoy about it is a lot of functional fitness. If you, the way I do it, um, and you don't get bored because if I do the same thing over and over, I get bored. So yeah, right on. Oh man. All right. Well, this is the time of the show. We'll bring uh, Kate and Jackson back and sort of get to hear what they heard or what they picked up on. And while um, we're checking in there, I'd like um, everyone to just give us one takeaway that you've gotten from uh, hearing Don uh, talk about uh, personal branding and uh, maybe being your true self. I, I, I took a lot of notes out of this for me, but sort of curious what the people that are listening, the one takeaway that you're going to take away from today. So 
Uh, Kate, what did you hear? Um, I love when he was talking about how it's the little details about you. And so that's how we, you know, tell our clients, like it's the little details. You don't know what somebody's going to connect with you on, particularly when you were talking about meeting the person with the shirt, because, you know, my two go-to questions for networking events um, one of them, is, I have two that I would always use if I want to start a conversation. And one of them, what's your favorite sports team? Because nobody can ever answer that question, which is saying, oh, it's the Cubs. There's a reason why. It's like my grandfather took me to my first game or you know, I was a kid when so-so was playing or whatever it is. There's always a, a story behind it. And it's how like a lot of people can connect and share stories. So I love that. It's the little things that help you connect with somebody. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Jackson, how about you? Well, that was, uh, you know, great with Kate and, you know, like what she just said. But uh, what I really liked was, uh, you know, you piggybacked off of the news segment where we talked about uh, the engagement levels at certain times. And you said, you know, it's the ability to listen. Hmm. It's we, we always talk about being heard, but we, you know, the ability to listen, I feel like people forget about a lot, you know. Because you grow up and your parents are always like, you know, like, listen before you speak, you know, think about what you're saying, listen to other people, you know, things like that. And then you get on social media and you're like, what's listening? You know what I mean? And it's just all this noise and it's hard to listen. It really is. But, you know, if you it, and it's a skill that you really have to work on. So, you know, thinking of that, it's like you know, how to train your brain to think about listening in that environment. Because when you're at a networking event, it's easy to like listen to someone who's right in front of you. But when there's, you know, uh, miles and miles of internet between you, there's, you know, it's hard to, you know, wrap your head around like, okay, so it's still the same concept, but it's just online. So, <laughs> and it's a human on the other end. Yeah, exactly. it's still exactly. a human. So, yeah, that was I just have another comment too. Um, you know, LinkedIn's algorithm favors conversations that your connections are having. And I love to piggyback on anything Don comments on because I know if I'm not connected to that person, probably somebody I should be. He always comes in and like, Don left a comment on this or liked it. And I'm like, oh, I bet that's a great conversation. And I want to be there. And I've added people to my network just from conversations you've had that I've jumped in on. So I just wanted to say, Thank you for that. That's also just a testament of your personal brand and how welcoming you are. Well, thank you. And I think that's an awesome tip is to find people who you think are good networkers and it's almost like following them around. Um, that, that's an <laughs> awesome tip. I love that. And just, you know, listening in and jumping in and you, I know you've added some great things to conversations that, that we've had in terms of comments. So I appreciate that as well. And that's what makes it fun is you end up interacting with people you end up genuinely liking you know and yeah. it's cool you learn from each other you have a good time together and you grow together which is you know a lot yeah. of fun stuff uh don before we announce uh, one of our other winners today um how do people best connect to you what social media sites do you want them to maybe uh look you know look you up on what, we'll put this in the show notes too yeah what i'm starting to dig deeper on and i'm, I'm doing this as a as an experiment uh because i think it's where i need to go is on linkedin uh, so it's Don Stanley, uh, Don Stanley, 1294. Um, and there's a story behind the 1294, which I won't tell today, but there's a, there's a, there's a story behind it that goes way, 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 way back. But um, Time travel, uh, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It goes back 800 years, actually, almost 800 years, actually. But, uh, um, 
but that's that's the best spot at this at this point. I'm start. I'm really trying to this summer spend a lot of time on that platform. I am on Twitter at Three Rhino Media. I interact there, but I'm really trying to test: Can I be on one platform and do really really well with personal brand, mental health, physical health wise, and not go crazy? So I'm doing an experiment the next two months, July and August, and saying if I scale back on other platforms and really go deep on one, what's going to be the result? So we'll yeah, see. I love it. Love that. All right. And uh, Jackson, who's our other winner besides Bill? Uh, besides Bill, Roger Isley, uh, he's been commenting the whole time, adding to the conversation. He's wow. been great this entire uh, episode. So the Wait, engagement prize goes in. Patriots fan? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I actually had a conversation about that the other day with someone was that, you know, like you don't have to like the Patriots and you don't have to like Tom Brady, but you can recognize that Tom Brady does have unbelievable. He's, yep. he is a very talented man that, you know, and you can, you can be like, I hate Tom Brady, but like at the same time, you got to like recognize like he has probably the most Super Bowl wins and he's still playing. So you got to respect him. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not you like him, you know, that's exactly it's, it's, yeah. You know the 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 whole the whole thing of uh, you know. Well, and I appreciate Boston because they gave us you know uh, Theo Epstein. So I'll take that. That's true. I mean, what a cool thing Theo did! He World Series to to the Red Sox, World Series to the Cubs. Wow, yeah. legacy forever, man. <laughs> That's just so cool. Uh, yeah. Cool stuff. Well, listen, I just want to thank you, Don, for being part of our community and our in our group and our social team here. And then um, want to thank all the listeners for listening in and participating. And remember, uh, we want to make sure that you pass this on. So as thought leaders and influencers, it's important that that you actually take what you learned today, not just for yourself, but go share it with somebody today that you care about. So it could be somebody down the hall. Uh, could be your kids, um, you know, j just make sure that you share that and help each other out. So that's what we ask of all of you. So, and uh, thanks again for listening to the show and uh, we'll see y'all online. Take care, thanks. everybody. Thanks everybody. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.